then it's time for us to get into our nature diary and you're listening to the soothing sounds of hippos because we're talking about hippos <laughs> morning Tim. Uh, morning uh, soothing sound until you if you think that your sleep lady can keep you up at night <laughs> So can that little, that little gentle sound of hippos. Yeah, so we used to go to Kariba every year with my one friend and her family, and there are hippos on Kariba. And I was terrified of, because we were on a houseboat, I was completely terrified of the hippos, because hippos will kill you for sport. They don't kill you because they're going to eat you. It's no, 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 no. Just for uh, sports. Um, remember the light... Uh, our, our late, um, what was his name? Steve Irwin. Yes, I yeah. loved Steve Irwin. Okay, so Steve Irwin was in South Africa and we were filming some some cheetah stuff, etc. Mm-hmm. And he, he and his crew were out at what was called Shingwetsi Devilt out in Bella Bella area. Uh-huh. And this hippo's favorite trick, she used to come screaming across the dam, but on the plane like a speedboat. And then run up the dam wall, but you could never get the whole way up because it was too far. And then slide down the dam and with a smile on its face. So it would run towards the dam wall? It would come this across like the a, water. a whole hippo. Yes, this is a whole hippo. It would charge across the water, pushing out a bow wave like a ship. And then it would come up the, up the, up the, the side of the dam wall. Yeah. And then it would get about two-thirds of the way and then would slide back down again and sit and smile at you. Well, Owen and company were all found on top of the game drive vehicle. I said, you guys are supposed to wrestle crocodiles. They said, crocodiles are one thing, those things are something else. Really? <laughs> we're not going near hippos. Sorry. Yeah, it was one thing that I don't think Mr. Owen did was put his head in a hippo's mouth. Fair. No. Fair. No, no they, but yeah, they, they're wonderful creatures and, and the sounds that they make and et cetera. And I'm always fascinated how you kind of lie around and... Yes, hippos defecating and hippos wanting. Uh, a friend of mine some years ago, we did it on this program, and uh, they needed milk powder, I think it was, for a baby hippo. But if I'm not mistaken, I think Corin will explain, hippos actually drink underwater or something. I don't quite know. They're quite strange creatures. They are. And when they defecate, their tails swirl like little propellers. I love them. I think they're cute. <laughs> what strange creatures. We're joined on the line by author, photographer, and the founder of the Turgway Hippo Trust, uh, Karen Paolilo, joins us this morning. Karen, very good morning to you. Welcome to Weekend Breakfast. Good morning. Nice to meet both of you. Good to chat to you. Karen, why the hippos? Why do you have a hippo love story? Um, that, well, you have a book called The Hippo Love Story. And now we have the sequel, Hippos, A Mongoose and Me. What is the fascination with um, hippos? I suppose mainly because they're an, an animal that does get maligned quite a lot, as mm-hmm. you as you guys are mentioning. Um, they've got a bad rap because people think they are the most dangerous animal in Africa, and I beg to differ on that. Uh, having spent three decades with hippos, I probably know more about them than I do about my husband. <laughs> <laughs> That's an admission. I was going to say, does your husband have to sort of grunt in the corner and and, and, and float around in the swimming pool? <laughs> no, he doesn't look like a hippo, unfortunately. <laughs> No, um, if you live with an animal and you work with it on a daily basis and you get to know it, which has been the case with me and the hippos, 
you learn far more than you'll ever learn from a book or from other people's opinions. Everything you know in life has come from your own, you know, intellect and your own um, experiences. Mm. And I was a safari guide. I had dealt with um, hippos, obviously with tourists, but I'd never spent day in, day out working with animals as I have done, getting to know every individual character and all their different ways of behaving. And because they live near people, um, they do get pressurized at times by humans, unfortunately, because they're big, because they have massive teeth. When they open their mouths, people look at them and think, oh, my goodness, they're really aggressive. They're dangerous. Let's get the heck out of here. But in the meantime, often it's a greeting opening of the mouth or it is a genuine yawn. We all yawn. And it's not at all aggressive. The aggression with the mouth opening is normally when the ears are back, the eyes are tight and they've got the look of don't mess with me. Or if you put a boat right next to a mum with a cough, she's going to get peeved because, you know, she doesn't want to be pressurized because she's looking after her little one and so on and so on. I could talk about hippos forever, so yeah, I better uh, shut uh, up. Corin, <laughs> I'm just thinking that if I'm that close to hippo that I can see it pulling its eyes back in anger, um, I'm a little too close. Now, Corin, <laughs> let's just go in, into the sort of the more but the lifestyle of the hippo. Whenever we see them at a, a, and, and you're in a reserve, they fly, they're sitting in a dam, they're sort of snoozing in the sun. What do hippos get up to? Do they just lie around? Do they Are they great grass-cutting machines? A little bit more about the life of the hippo. Okay, well, if you're, if you're a nocturnal feeder, which hippos are, you've got to digest the food. And a hippo is eating, on average, an adult hippo, 45 kilograms of grass a night. That's a lot of food. So his daytimes are, are on nighttime, basically. He's digesting his food. That's why he looks quite, you know, chilled and not moving around too much because he's digesting his food. That's a lot of food to digest. And when he's in the water, he's resting on an object with his feet or if it's shallow enough, he's just got his whole body on the on the ground in on the bottom of the river. But he's just got to let that food go through his system and he's sleeping um, and they can sleep with their heads under the water. They automatically come up to breathe every five minutes maximum. So wait, they come up while they are asleep or they wake up every five minutes, come up for air, go back no, under the water? No, that's correct. They automatically come up from under the water. If their head's underneath, uh -huh. they've got to breathe. So they will come up and take a breath and then go down again, which is why, you know, if there's a group of hippos, they're bobbing all the time because they've got to sleep. And often they sleep with their head under the water with their eyes closed and they're asleep. But then they bob up again to get a breath and then they go down again, which is where when you're on a boat or something, you might bump into a hippo because you haven't noticed it go down and then come back up again. Mm -hmm. But they, they're not swimming or anything. They're resting on something below the surface. Now, there we go. There's another question. People will ask about the, the ability of a hippo to swim. How do you get sort of a couple of tons of bobbing animal to swim or does it actually run along the bottom? Yeah, it runs along the bottom, Tim. It basically pushes itself, propels itself along the ground and then pushes itself up again. Um, you will see on YouTube and places like that in zoos overseas where they have these um, aquariums, you can actually see the hippo running along the bottom. And it's very um, 
it looks very sort of like a ballet because it's bouncing and it's, you know, there's no weight. So it really looks quite attractive. But they have to have something to put their feet upon to push them along the surface. They, they don't swim like we swim, put it like that. Taking our, our hippos a little bit further, though, with a number of, when you're saying 30 years odd of working with hippos, you must have come across some characters. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I mean, look, in every animal and in every human, there are different characters. And when I came here, there were two hippos in particular that were aggressive um, due to things that had happened to them, which is all in the book. Um, and those two, they're, they're all named. It's much easier to name an animal so that you have an individual as opposed to a, a group of animals. And one was called Bob and one was called Blackface because she was a black hippo. We, You all know from having seen hippos, a lot of them are grey, majority. But I've got a couple here that are black. Their, their, their coloration is black. And a couple that are actually not pink, but much lighter than the, the standard grey hippo. Anyway, Blackface and Bob were aggressive and... When I first studied their behavior, um, I had been a guide with hippos in national parks, which are very quiet and, and don't, you know, they're used to having the public around. These hippos weren't, and they used to come out of the water at full charge. And as you were saying earlier, a charging hippo is quite impressive. Mm. And I learned to climb trees very quickly. But that was only for the first three years. After that, they calmed down, and then they actually related to my voice and they stopped charging me. My husband didn't believe me until one time I was sick and he had to go and check on the hippos for me. And he was gone an awful long time. When he came back, he had a very sheepish grin on his face. And I said, what happened? You know, why were you so long? And he said, I've just spent an hour sitting up a tree because blackface came out of the water. <laughs> but they were, they were like that because of what had happened to them in their lives. And that's actually in a hippos and mongoose and me. No, is the one Googs and I'll, then I'll disappear. Mm -hmm. Steve the hippo, really? Ah, uh, who is Steve? Steve is called Steve. <laughs> Steve, all my hippos. Some of them get named by hippo supporters who have a, a join a raffle, and he was named Steve. Steve, or Stevie as I like to call him, um, is a young male that was kicked out of the family, which they all do get um, chased out when they're between two and a half and three and a half years of age. And Stevie was a, is a very clever hippo. He's very switched on. And he discovered our home. And we're not fenced here. We live in the middle of the bush. And nearest neighbors are 19 k's away. And he came on the lawn, which is magic. You know, I'd not had a hippo before on our lawn. So he was munching the grass, but then he's even more clever. He figured out that at the back door there were baboons and bush pigs eating game nuts because we have poachers in our area, so we feed any wild animal that comes in as a kind of a haven, and they tend to hang around us and, and they have a more a better chance of staying alive. So Stevie walked to the back door and started munching the game nuts next to the bush pigs and the baboons, and that became permanent for the next three years. And he's only just moved off last year because he's now just turned six years of age. So he's growing up. But he was incredible because I'd been studying the hippos for 30 years, but I'd never had one where I'm standing a meter away from him. And although he was a juvenile, he still probably weighed about 800 kilograms. Sure. And it did come to one stage where I can open the door and stand with him without any form of aggression. 
Are there any threats to hippos? I know we often speak about how hippos are a threat to us, particularly on the continent, but very seldom do we hear about whether there are any threats to hippos themselves. Um, there are from on a natural basis from lion. Um, lions will predate on a hippo and take out a calf or even an adult if it's injured. A lion will, is an opportunist if he thinks he can get the hippo if it's badly wounded, but mainly juveniles and calves. That's the main predator. Crocodiles, funny enough, people think crocodiles are predators of hippos. They're not. Mm-hmm. Crocodiles live side by side with hippos. Um, but obviously, if a hippo is wounded or if there is a calf without a mother and it's all alone, it could get taken by a crocodile. Human-wise, yes, unfortunately, hippos are actually more endangered than the elephant when it comes to statistics. And that's because of habitat, habitat loss, the usual bad problem. Um, and because of also um, their ivory, which is not the same kind of ivory as, as an elephant, but can be used as a substitute. So they get poached for their teeth. And then, of course, uh, one of the programs, Googs, that we're going to be doing is water. And that's been an issue in Kruger Park, where they lost a number of hippos with algae bloom in the water. Oh. Where, where the water where yeah. effectively had been poisoned. Current, we, we've spoken a little bit about the hippos one's got to read this book um because i think in the book we we go a lot deeper and i mean if you have a look at it uh, you're talking about the life with hippos your mongoose uh characterful baboons rescued birds close encountered with lions injured buffalo and 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 a, and a fight from an enraged elephant sometimes one wonders how on earth you're looking after hippos or how I'm still alive, yeah. Um, Our life is exciting. Not every day, I think, the adrenaline would kill us. But we do have a lot of things that happen here that are um, not your normal day-to-day lifestyle. Um, We are in the middle of Africa, in the middle of the bush. uh, As I said, no neighbours, and our neighbours are wildlife. So over the years, yes, there's been some amazing events, and... This book is different stories, um, different chapters about some of the events which I think people will enjoy. Some, yes, are not not optimistic. They're quite sad because I tell it as it happens. And some are scary because, you know, you don't go through life just with it being smooth. And, yeah, the enraged elephant was very frightening. Um, the buffalo attack on our ranger was even more so. Um, we have had some... Quite heavy things happen here. But the main thing is the book is optimistic and I believe can be read by children, not too young, but probably from the teens. Mm. And is, if you didn't read the first book, um, a Hippo Love Story, are you able to pick up Hippos, a Mongoose and Me? Or do you need to have read the first one for this one to make sense? No, you can read it on its own, um, Hippos, a Mongoose and Me, because it is separate stories. And I do kind of bring in a little bit from Hippo Love Story just to get people in the picture of what the heck we're doing here or what I'm doing with the hippos and why we're here. Mm. And where do we get these books? Are they available online? Are they available in local bookstores? Um, if someone's looking to get a copy, where do they get one? Um, for South Africans, it should be relatively easy. Um, you can buy it in any um, good bookstore. 
and online um, with Loot. They're, they're actually doing, I think, a, a pre-order now. I'm not sure about that. I'm not South African. I'm Zimbabwean. Um, and if you're overseas, you can buy it at the moment on Amazon as an ebook, um, or soon on our website, which is savethehippos.info. Um, um, and it will be on Amazon as a paperback, I think, by April, I'm hoping. Corinne, you, you mentioned there about pink hippos, and the one comment has always been that pink hippos, it is the sunscreen that is out. How on earth does a hippo not get overly sunburnt? Is there a natural sunscreen built into their, into their skins? Um, the, the scientists say that the gel that the hippo excretes is a sunscreen, um, but having, as I said, lived with these guys, and especially with Stevie, um, when he secretes the gel, which he has done on many occasions at the back door, and it actually drips off the body. It's not blood, it's, it's a gel. And when he moves away, um, where he's been standing, it's concrete. I've actually touched the gel because I'm curious about everything with animals and put it on my skin and it's like a moisturizer. It's, it's, it soaks into the skin. It starts off pink, really, really pink. And it actually turns a dark sort of middle, middle color brown. And it is for stress as well. It's not just a, um, a sunscreen. It is, is, it's, um, when they're stressed, they will secrete this liquid. Mm. And I've proven that by, you know, watching them when they are stressed. Karen, it all sounds very fascinating. And I must thank you so much for joining us this morning. Well, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure and I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you so much. That is author, photographer and the founder of the Two Grey Hippo Trust, Karen Paulilo. Tim, as always, good to chat to you in studio. Absolutely. And just think of it. The new Googs range of hippo moisturizer. <laughs>